I'm Emma Meekum, and this is the chat, and this is the one about coming home from mission early. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Emma Meekum, and welcome back to the chat. Today, I have a very special guest. Today, I have Sam Lacombe with me. Say hello. <laughs> hello, I'm Sam Lacombe. Um, little intro on me. Um, I'm from Provo, Utah. I uh, go to UVU. I'm studying uh, nursing. I'm trying to get into the nursing program right now. Um, I work two jobs. I work on a golf course. and I, He's a working man. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, work at a nursing home as a nursing assistant. And I love it there. Um, uh, some more about me, I guess. Uh, I love basketball. This is true. Yep, I'm obsessed. Um, I'm a huge Celtics fan. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so Sam and I were in the same ward last year. Um, we lived at the Rib together. And then Sam moved away. <laughs> and now he lives in a very bougie house. In I'm not going to say where you live because I don't want people That's to fine. know. But yeah. It's in Orem. Yeah, it's in Orem. It's very nice. Um so yeah, what's been new, Sam? Other than you working two jobs, just work in school. Nothing in new. School. Yeah. Well, if you have nothing else to say, anything else new going on, I guess we're gonna just jump right in to the topic of the podcast. So I'm sure, as you guys read, um, the title of this podcast is "Coming Home from a Mission Early." So we'll start from the beginning of that so um you were called to serve a mission do you want to talk about that so i was uh my senior year of high school i was called to serve in the texas lubbock mission Mm -hmm. and i was really excited because i um was born in texas and i have family in texas oh yeah i forgot about Mm -hmm. that and uh so i was excited to get back um but i went to the mtc in july of 2017 and uh long story short i guess uh returned home the next month um august 11th i believe um due to mental health issues yeah and yeah um how was your experience in the mtc like what like walking up through the doors okay i want to say this first as a kid, I had no idea what the MTC looked like at all. I thought it was, <laughs> I kind of pictured like a prison. <laughs> sometimes and, it feels and like that. sometimes <laughs> I'm sure people thought that, but I did not picture like this big building with like a bunch of windows. Mm-hmm. Um, what was like your initial thoughts walking in? Yeah, so that big... New... And, and you live here, so like yeah. you've seen mm-hmm. it. So how... Yeah. Yeah. So that big building with all the windows was built the year I went in. Oh. So I was there two months after it was finished. Oh, jeez. And so there were tours. I saw my family come through the tour and everything. Mm-hmm. And that was tough. I mean, it was awesome, but it was it was hard. Yeah. Um, I actually grew up like a half mile away from the MTC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everywhere I walked on P-Days and stuff reminded me of home, you know, yeah. obviously. Um, that's like a really unique experience because mm -hmm. if you think about how many people are from provo versus how many people serve missions Mm -hmm. that's like a very small percentage yeah 
for sure. So your experience is super unique in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, you asked what it was like going. Yeah. Um, I was honestly feeling so great. I really didn't cry much. I was just ready. Um, and how long after you graduated did you go on your mission? So I graduated in May and went in July. Sometimes oh, I wish so I would have taken some time and gone to school first, lived on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would have helped. But yeah. Gotcha. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were fine. Like you. Yeah. I. It didn't really hit me until the next day. Okay. That night. Everybody says the first night in the MTC was is the hardest. Mm. And it is hard. But it's not, for me. I. You're just happy to be that there. night was great. Like I slept so well. Wow. Everybody else slept like an hour and I slept eight. Wow. And I, I don't know. I don't know why, but yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what do you think caused the shift for you? Because you said like you mm-hmm. came home for mental health problem or yeah. reasons. And so what do you think was the shift for you? Yeah, for me, um, well, I've, Growing up, I always had anxiety. Like, I was on anxiety medication since I was 13 or 14. And I knew, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know the extent of it. <clears throat> and so, um, I also have this uh, metabolic disorder called PKU, which contributed to it. Yeah. Basically, my body doesn't metabolize or break down protein. Mm-hmm. So, I can't. So, eating in the MTC was very hard. Yeah. So, they had to make special food for me and isn't mtc food gross anyway that's what people say is it but not? i think they're just looking for something to complain mm, about there you go people like i wouldn't to know i so, wouldn't know because yeah. i didn't serve a mission so everything yeah. i know is from other people <laughs> yeah everything i know is from other people okay mm-hmm. so you had to get special meals yeah and i think a lot of anxiety came from that because i had to trust them that my meals would be done yeah so like what happens to you if you eat protein um short term i get like dizziness um headaches and i feel like i'm kind of in a fog you know uh can't think straight it's weird but long term if i'm off my diet for a long time i'll it's brain damage jeez yeah so it's pretty That's intense very serious mm-hmm. so gotcha. yeah that would cause a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know um Sometimes I think if I got out in the field and was in charge of my own meals, it would have been great. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, well, and and something to talk about, too, because I'm sure not everybody listening knows what an LDS mission is. And especially in the United States, you are reliant on a lot of members to feed you. Mm-hmm. And say somebody didn't know or didn't care or didn't understand the extent of your food allergy like mm-hmm. that could be detrimental yeah for sure um so yeah that that caused a lot of anxiety for me and like mm-hmm. i said i also had a lot of anxiety anyway yeah. um the homesickness was a big deal yeah. you know like i said walking around even just looking at the mountains yeah. like i was like wow home is right there yeah you know well you could run home i yeah in less than five minutes yeah and so I don't know. It was uh, it was just a lot, and uh, the thought of oh my gosh, this is gonna be two years, you know. 
of your it's, life. Yeah, it's it's a long time. Um, yeah. Well, and and the thing is too, you put everything on pause, mm-hmm. like your schooling, work. Mm-hmm. You're not earning money going on a no, mission. You're paying money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. So I I served a mini mission that was like a weekend. So it I mm-hmm. I don't always talk about it, but it gave me a better understanding of what missionary work is and what that entails because growing up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I you always talk about missionary work and how important it is and you just know that um kids that are 18 and 19 go and they serve Heavenly Father, they preach the gospel, and then two years later they come home. I did not understand what missionary work really meant until I went on that. And I didn't understand that it was actual work Mm -hmm. and that it was tough and there was studying and you're teaching people. It's your duty to understand what you're talking about and what you're doing. And going on that mini mission really showed me that I don't <laughs> know as much as I thought I did and I felt really inadequate and that was just a weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I got a lot of I gained a lot of empathy for missionaries and understanding how difficult a mission is even though it is what like from what I've heard like one of the best experiences mm-hmm. of your life um so what was it like going home for you so uh i guess i'll tell the story of it um so i basically i couldn't eat mtc my anxiety was so bad they said it kind of shut down my digestive system and so i had like i wanted to eat but i just couldn't i knew if i ate i was gonna i couldn't keep it down you know Um, and so I, so every district is assigned like a service. What's a district? Explain everything. I'm sorry. Okay. You're fine. Talk as if like you're like, nobody, nobody Mm -hmm. knows what you're talking about. So every group of missionaries, I guess, we're separated into groups, um, called districts. Um, every district, uh, is assigned a service assignment. And so we, we were assigned in the kitchen okay. um, to unload trucks and put the food where it's supposed to go, in the fridge, in the huge pantry. They had a scale there. And so I weighed myself just for fun. And I was like, holy cow, I've lost 15 pounds. And that was a week and a half in. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it was scary. Like, I was like, this that's not good. Yeah. And I told my companion... Um, and he uh, he was like, oh, gosh, that's not good. So I, I went to the doctor. My stomach was bothering me. So I was like, I, I might have ulcers or something. And I went to the doctor, and he uh, he was not very nice, actually. Really? I was kind of frustrated. He uh, I went in, and he said, you don't have ulcers. He did a couple tests on me. and mm-hmm. um, said, you don't have ulcers. I think it's just anxiety, and usually people with anxiety don't even come on missions. This bad, don't even come on missions. And I was like, oh. So that kind of put in my head. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I can't do this. 
and that was That's frustrating. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. He said that to you. Yeah, it was disappointing. Before, before did you did you feel like you had that mindset? Like, what was your mindset going into the mission? Um, like I said before, when I was going, I was ready. You know, you felt like I'm I said ready goodbye to, to my family, this and I walked in, and I was great. Like that night, I was fine. You know, I was ready. Gotcha. But then I started thinking about it and yeah. thinking about it. And that's the thing. An ancient, an anxious mind doesn't stop worrying about things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <clears throat> so. So what happened after the doctor said yeah. that to you? Um, so he said, he, he set up an appointment with me uh, for the count for me with the counselor um, there at the MTC. And he um i met with him and he gave me a little sheet to fill out to see my anxiety level and on that sheet it's just asking questions about depression and anxiety yeah and it scores you the higher number is the worse it is so the average or the healthy level is between for a mission (laughs) because it's stressful um is between 20 and like 75 or something like that big margin but and I was, actually, it was 20 and 65. And I was at 97. Jeez. Which is pretty dang high. Yeah. And uh, so I met with him, and he said, well, you might have to work this out at home, basically. It was like, this was, this was like I said, a week and a half in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just kept going, kept going, went back, went to class, went to, my teaching um, appointments. Yeah. Um, and I was just, you know, like staying, staying with it. Yeah. And uh, then uh, the president of my district um, called me in and said, "Hey, Elder Lacombe, we're we've all decided. Me, the doctor." present the mtc presidency um and the counselor all are all meeting to talk about just different people mm-hmm. and you're one of them um we're gonna decide what to do with you wow um and yeah so was that a point of anxiety for you as well like knowing that they were gonna decide your fate yeah it was um because i wanted to be there you know yeah. but I, I always say my my body or my I loved it there, but my body and my mind didn't. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was very stressful to me um, and kind of discouraging that it was up to them, you know, and yeah. not It wasn't a not me. group decision, including mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And throughout this whole process, they didn't even call my parents. They didn't tell them anything. Wow. Um, so the next day I was in field, in field training, which mm-hmm. is... They're just training you to leave the MTC. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like four days left in the MTC. and um, Because in-state missions only are there for six weeks? Three weeks. Three, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. If it's English, if it's English speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was about 2.45. Our, infield tra- our first session of infield training ended. We went back to our residency, our apartment, I guess. Um, and basically someone came and got me and said, 
hey, someone wants to talk to you. So I went, and it was the, I believe it was the president of the district. I'm not sure. Did you know what he was going to say to you? I was pretty sure, yeah. Um, and he said, uh, hey, go pack your bags. You're leaving in 45 minutes. Jeez. And so I just broke down in tears, went and packed all my bags, um, gave everybody a hug. Those those guys in my district um, are were some of my best friends. Yeah. Um, I got along with them all really well, and we were like brothers. Yeah. And so saying goodbye to all of them was was difficult. Um, yeah. Well, and it's all the people you're supposed to leave with. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you're the person that's not. Like you're the one left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were uh, supposed to... Sorry. Yeah, so there were um, supposed to be 28 missionaries going to my mission, which is a lot. Usually at a time there's probably around 10 maybe. And so we had a lot going and I was close with all of them. Some of them I went to high school with and I was just very excited and it was just discouraging and disappointing that I couldn't do it, you know, yeah. that I couldn't get out there with my, my brothers, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So did your parents pick you up? Did you just drive home? What was that like? Yeah. So, um, it's not a long drive. Um, yeah, the long trek mm-hmm. home. <laughs> yeah, so my parents didn't even know about it until what? until they called and said, "Hey, come pick them up." Are you serious? I'm serious. And so, yeah. Okay. For those that can't see, that's she just, looks very confused right now. That's just really interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So they, my parents came. Um gave me a big hug and they were, they were proud of me. Um, and I could feel that for the most part, but yeah. it's hard to accept that honestly. Cause in that moment I was kind of rejecting myself. Um, anyway, we met with, uh, someone in charge of something at the MTC. I don't even know. Um, before leaving. And he said, basically you can do what you can Twerk this probably in charge of the this mental yeah early. Mm-hmm. this mental health issue out um you can or and go back for two years or you can go do a service mission locally in, a te- in the temple or something you know mm-hmm. um and just gave me a bunch of opportunities and said the the one that really was interesting to me was a two transfer mission, sort of a trial mission mm-hmm. in Texas to try it out in my mission. And I was very excited. Yeah. So, because like I said, the thought. And how long are transfers? Transfers are six weeks. Okay. So it would be three months. Okay. Um, I was really excited because like I said, the, the thought of uh, two, two years was a lot. Yeah. You know, it was, it was like a cloud over my head. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was good to hear that that was a option. an option, yeah. yeah. And so I went home with that in mind, and I started going to therapy, <clears throat> which I never thought I would have to do. 
I always thought, hey, this is for crazy people. I love therapy. Now I think every that... single person in the world should do therapy. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I started doing therapy. I started going to one therapist. It was a man. Um, and he was very focused on getting me back on my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and not necessarily getting me better. And so gotcha. that was frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel bad saying that because I really, I really did like him. Yeah. Um, but it was just frustrating that he was so focused on, hey, well, let's get you back. I mean, the reason, the deep-rooted issue is that you're not good, and getting you back on a mission is just a band-aid, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, yeah. A mission, as great as it is, it's not going to be your whole life, and say that he had gotten you back on the mission you'd still be dealing with those same issues if not more so because just because you get out there doesn't mean that you're going to be able to handle it and stay Mm -hmm. out there yeah in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah so after a while i realized that and kind of thought hey maybe i don't maybe i'm not sure if i want to go back you know i love it i love i started working at the golf course three weeks um or three days after i came home wow yeah it was quick i just I'm wanted right to right back into yeah. the normal life <laughs> i just wanted to i i didn't want to sit around and feel bad about myself yeah which i still kind of did but i think that's normal yeah um but i started going to a different therapist after a little while mm-hmm. um a little hispanic lady Aww. super sweet um and she is honestly my favorite um and uh at the time i was also so i had dated a girl when before i went into the mtc yeah um and we never broke up or anything before so she yeah i mean that she was still on your mind yeah and i was on hers i think actually i know i know i was (laughs) um (coughs) confidence We love it. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to go into that because that's not, yeah. Yeah. Because that's, first of all, not what we're here for and not uh, my story to tell completely. Um, but essentially, I came home and that didn't work out. And I convinced mm-hmm. myself that because I came home, that didn't work out. Oh. You know, that because I was a failure is what I told myself. Yeah. That didn't work out because I had failed God, it didn't work out because that relationship was awesome. Um, so what do you think was like your overwhelming overall feeling after coming home? Like if you could put in a mm-hmm. word. Um, right after? Yeah. Failure. Um, but like I said, I started going to this new therapist and she was amazing. She gave me exercises to do when I was thinking too much about things and to get things off my mind and to focus on what's going on now. Totally. Um, and she made me realize that a mission is great, <coughs> but there are things in life that are infinitely more important than a mission. Yeah. Um, and things you don't want to have anxiety and depression with. Like yeah. when I get married... I don't want to have the anxiety that I had when I have kids. 
I don't want to have that anxiety. And that was a big turning point for me. Totally. Was realizing that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but how, what was the reaction of your friends and family when you came home? Mm-hmm. Like you said that your parents were like really proud of you right when you got home, but like continuing on, how, how was that? Yeah. So, um, I was actually surprised. I, coming home, I was thinking, Hey, what people are going to despise me. Like yeah. I, I was convincing myself it, it's all in my head. This, like everything that I'm saying, everything was in my head, you know? It's true. Um, but I was convincing myself everybody was going to reject me. And yeah. Um, so, <coughs> sorry. Um, my, uh, my parents were pretty good. Um, I think my dad was just confused and worried about me and he kind of, I don't know, um, that the night I came home, he sort of like raised his voice at me. Um, not, not in a bad way. Like now I realize he was just confused. Like why, why is this happening? You know, trying to process it. I think, yeah, it was hard for him too. Um, not because his son was a failure, but because he knew I wanted it, you know, um, the, the week before I came home, I emailed him, um, and said, like, this is really hard. Um, I actually had a dream that I was going to be sent home Wow. before I even started meeting with counselors or anything. I was like this, I don't know. And so I kind of started coming to terms with it before it even happened. And I thought, okay, I'm going to get to the field and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave the MTC and come home in like three months, you know, but it was a lot faster than I thought. Yeah. So my dad, I emailed my dad, like I said, and said, I think I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to come home early. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's one thing is he kind of thought or was wondering if I had planted that in my head, you know, but I don't gotcha. think I did. I think it was just kind of me coming to terms with, Hey, my anxiety is really bad. Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah. But, I mean, the one negative thing that I remember was my first Sunday back in church. Totally. Um, one older lady mm-hmm. that I love, I love her, but she came up to me and said, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I don't know if she meant it rudely, but yeah. my anxious mind, you know. Well, and you're so sensitive mm-hmm. that anything yeah. is going to turn into yeah. they're judging me and they're thinking this and... Mm-hmm. they're disappointed in me because you already are feeling that on yourself and so you're going to project it onto what everyone Mm -hmm. else says yeah so my bishop was very good about it too um that's awesome he he met me met with me the night i came home and said i'm not gonna push you like i know this is tough and i know a mission is tough i'm not gonna push you to get back i want you to get better and uh so he was like we know you're worthy of serving a mission that you just weren't able. I mean, you prophets have said every worthy and able young man should serve a mission. And I was worthy and I did what I was able. Yeah. And it took me a long time to, to realize that. But, um, he, he had me this Sunday after I came home, uh, bless the sacrament to show everybody, Hey, he's worthy. This is really health issues. Yeah, it was, 
it was special. It was very special and it meant a lot to me. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Um, so you actually visited where you were going to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that? How, how long was that? Give, give me yeah. all the details. So, uh, there were, there were a couple times that I kind of came to terms with it and then didn't anymore. And, yeah. uh, that was kind of the final, okay, this is, this is good. I'm good. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm home. Yeah. And, um, so that was in March of 2019 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing. I have a cousin, um, who lives in Lubbock. She's going to Texas Tech. Um, I went out and visited. I had been planning it for like six months. And my dad had a concert. He's a lead singer in a band. What band? Uh, it's called the Party Hounds. Everybody Ooh. look them up on SoundCloud. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Party Hounds. Um, <laughs> That's so awesome. My favorite song is I'd Break My Nose <laughs> For You. Wow. Yes, I'd Break My Nose For You. Is it a love song? <laughs> kind of. It's a rock song, a rock love song. Um, Love it. Anyway, he had a concert back out there in Texas where he went to high school. Mm-hmm. And we figured, hey, let's just go then. It's a it's a six-hour drive from Lubbock. Okay. Lubbock and Dallas, where, we, where his concert was, was a six-hour drive. But um, we flew out to Lubbock, and me and my mom, and I hadn't met my mission president or anything. Yeah. Um, I was so excited. Yeah. So I went, and that night, uh, I was just so excited. The next morning, at like 8 or 9 in the morning, um, we went to the mission home, mm-hmm. the church where the mission is uh, based. Mm-hmm. Um, and walked in and saw... Uh, the uh, assist the the APs the assistants to the presidents and uh, one was actually someone I went to high school with who we were really we were really pretty close yeah. and I was so excited because just to see him you know he was it meant a lot to me and yeah. uh, then I met the president his wife um, they took me back and sat me down for like 15 minutes just talked to us like hey, what are you guys doing in life? And it was cool um, to be there and feel like, hey, I, I got here, you know. Yeah. Um, and so then they kind of just, so I had my my mission bag, I my a suit, my mission bag, and uh, they said, hey, you're going out with the APs today. That's so awesome. So I went out with uh, Elder Nebrotsky and Elder Taylor. Um, they were both in the MTC with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was, it was cool. Um, we went out and taught about six lessons, um, tracked it on, um, Texas Tech campus, talked to some sorority girls, gave them a Book of Mormon. <laughs> talked to some sorority girls. It was awesome. Um. I'm just kidding. It probably wasn't like that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, although Nebraska, Tyler Nebraska, he has game. Um, just, just saying. Shout out to him. Yeah, we love shout outs <laughs> on the chat. Um, yeah, and so it was, it was really special to be like, hey, I, I can do this. I can, truly, I'm not a failure. I can teach. Yeah. Anxiety got in the way. 
you know. And do you feel like you're mostly proving that to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I went out. I wasn't trying to prove it to anyone else. I was. That was only for me. Yeah. I was being selfish, and that's not selfish, in yeah. that sense. No, I know. I'm just saying. I was. I was focusing on myself for once. Yeah. You know, not worrying about other people, and just making it about myself and i really yeah. needed that at that time so so how long were you there overall um i was in lubbock for three days only okay but i was with the ap's for a whole day okay and it was so i realized holy cow this is hard yeah. And I, it sounds bad. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I was like, maybe I couldn't have done this. You know, it's tough. It's tough and exhausting. After one day, I, I was just dead. Yeah. I was, it was exhausting. I don't know how to, how else to say well, it. Well, things are planned. Every minute is planned mm-hmm. with something productive and something good. There is no free time. Yeah. Even if you plan like say oh we're gonna take a nap at this time it is planned mm-hmm. and it's like 30 minutes maybe maybe when i went on my mini mission and we took a nap it was 20 minutes me if you listen to this podcast you know i love naps i love sleeping who does my naps are like three hours like average that's average mm-hmm. 20 minutes that's like you shut your eyes and then you open them up again mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, missionary work is exhausting. In the hot Texas sun, too. Oh, it was, is it, it was, humid there? Um, not as much in Lubbock as in other parts of Texas, okay. but yeah. I don't do humidity. It's not my friend. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Overall, how, do you, how did you feel about the experience being there? Like what um, thoughts, feelings? At first... Um, it was like, holy cow, I could have, I could have done this, you know? And then the day ended and I was like, I am so tired. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad I didn't do this for two years. Was it kind of surreal for you or was it like? Yeah, it was, it was weird because I had dreamed about, um, I dreamed about getting back out there for four months. That was my plan. And, you know, for the mini, for the trial mission that I talked about. And then four months later, I met with the bishop and he said, hey, I just found out yesterday that's not an option. So that option that I thought they gave me in the MTC, Mm -hmm. I guess wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't one. And so after that, I kind of just was like, all right, this is where I'm supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. Still kind of felt like a failure, you know, that I couldn't do it. Like I said, it took time with therapy and a lot. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And what it, the trip, that trip was the icing on the cake for gotcha. me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. What, I know you, you keep saying like therapy is what helped you, but what do you think was the thought or emotion or thing, thing that you came to terms with that made it so that you didn't feel like a failure anymore? That's a good question. Um, I think... So, in uh, October of 2018, I emailed a man named Brad Wilcox, if you've ever heard of him. Yes. Yeah. Um, Explain to the people who Brad Wilcox is that don't know. You know, I really don't know. I just know he's a very good man. (laughs) Actually, I don't know who he is. (laughs) And he 
<laughs> is the most spiritual giant you will ever meet. He's he's a teacher at BYU. Mm-hmm. You can say that confidently. And he's he, yeah. I'm pretty sure he does like public speaking events, mm-hmm. um, just talking about. He he is what I would compare to as much to an apostle or an area seventy as you possibly can without being one. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, so I emailed him because he had uh, spoken at like EFY and events that I've been to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just was like, I need help. Like I need to reach out. And so I went, I emailed him and uh, he said, hey, come to my class. Um, I'm not a BYU student. I was like, is that allowed? Is this allowed? Yeah. People come in all the <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. And so. I was like, okay. And I went to his class the next day, and uh, he he also asked me to come after class and meet him so that he could give a face to my name and yeah. know who I am. Um, and he sat with me for 30 minutes after class and just um, – that's that's when I actually was first reminded every, every worthy and able, an able young man uh, should serve a mission. And I was like – wow, like I, I did what I was able to do. Yeah. And it was a long conversation. I don't remember it all, but yeah. he ended it by giving me a blessing. And that was very special to me. And I, I went home and just let all my tears and everything out. Yeah, It's like, this is, this is great. Like life is so good. Yeah. Um, and I was just, that's the first, that was really the first time I started seeing consistency and seeing and realizing how, how great it is to, to be where I was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, what do you want people to take away from your experience from wanting to go on a mission to coming home early for both mental and physical health? reasons Mm -hmm. what what do you want people to take from your story so uh, the number one thing i think would be um to trust trust god's plan you know you you, for me i had this thought all right i'm gonna go on this two-year mission i'm gonna come home get married life is gonna be great you know yeah and god said no (laughs) no and uh, it took a long time for me to come to terms with that, and we've gone over that. But the number one thing is just trust it and know that God's will, God's plan will always override ours, and it yeah. will always work out if we trust it and hold on to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Um, if you could change anything that happened, would you? Um, and what? Yeah. Um, I would, but I don't think this answer is going to be what most people expect. Yes, um, that's okay. I would, I would change the way I reacted to things. Um, I was angry at the church and angry at God for a while. I was angry at other people for things that happened in friendships and relationships and I, I was angry at myself and told myself, hey, I'm, I'm a failure. And this yeah. is why all these bad things are happening. Um, and that's, that's the one thing I would change is 
I would seek to seek for understanding a lot faster um, and realize realize God's plan is different than mine. Yeah. So, yeah. I really like that you said that because I think that's the only thing that we truly have control over is how we react to things. We can't control what happens to us and we can't control what other people do or say, but we can control what we do and say. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just really true and really powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that, I'm going to wrap up unless you have anything else you want to say. I think so. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody on the podcast. Okay. If you could leave a message with your family, your friends, your community, the world, whatever you choose, big or small, um, what would that message be? I like that. Um, it would be simply care for people and love each other. This world is insane and everybody has their own things um, that they're struggling with. Um, so you just realize that and, and be kind to everyone. That's uh, something that I have to work on, but I know that it has to be done because yeah. like I said, everybody, everybody has their things and everybody needs friends, needs a friend and needs support. Yeah. So, yeah. Amen, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I want to say this to the people that have listened to the podcast completely through. This is Sam's experience. Not every experience coming home from a mission is the same. Um, some people come home for different reasons and that's okay. <laughs> and this is just Sam's point of view and his experience and what he learned from it. And, um, I know this wasn't easy for you and it's not something that you can just talk to about someone on the street, mm -hmm. but I'm really grateful that you mm -hmm. were able to talk to me about it and, be here and share your story yeah um it's always been something that i've been open about yeah and i'm always willing to share it and i i wanted to actually the first thing i thought of when i came home is i want not the first thing but <laughs> i want to share this with people and and because i know it happens to a lot of people yeah so i encourage people going through the same things and even other things that they're struggling with to reach out for help yeah. um there was times when I was suicidal and I just didn't feel any worth at all and I just wanted to give up and I'm so glad I reached out for more help yeah. and had friends guide me along the way yeah so and I think another important lesson to learn from this is that you're not alone like mm -hmm. this does happen a lot even though people don't always talk about it it does happen quite frequently and even Sam sharing his story. Like, I hope that somebody, even if they haven't come home from a mission early, can learn something and feel like you're not the only one and that you have other people that even... I, 
like, is it safe to say, like, if somebody listens to this and reaches out to you that you would be willing to help them and listen to them? Absolutely. I, I would love to. Sam doesn't even know you. I don't know you, but I want to talk to you. Yeah. So I just, I really, from the beginning of me starting this podcast, I wanted to share people's stories to connect people and let them know that the human experience is not as, is not as individual as we like to think. We are a very individualistic culture and we like to think that we're all on our own and so unique and that is true to a certain extent but you know what everybody goes through hard things and everybody has pains and trials that you sometimes don't even talk about and I just want people to know that you're not alone and that it's okay to hurt and to talk about that hurt that you went through because it makes you stronger and better and there's my soapbox so yeah, is there anything else you want to say? I'm just kind of adding to that. I uh, I didn't start feeling happier until I reached out to people. Yeah. You know, pe- especially guys, I think, will be like, I can handle this. Yeah. I'm, I'm a man, you yeah. know. Rub some dirt in it. I'm yeah. Tough. And that's not true. It's not true. Reach out to people, get help. Don't allow yourself to suffer. Because yeah. I did that for a long time. So. Yeah, that's just my last two cents. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your story and being on the podcast. I really, truly appreciate it. I was very nervous to text Sam about this um, because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. But I know that some people are more private and personal about that kind of stuff, and that's totally fine. Um, But I'm glad that you said yes and you're willing and... Yeah, of course. you're great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, see you on the next one.